You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back with episode 66 as the New York Rangers fall to the Carolina Hurricanes in what seems to be the classic same old Rangers, can't score, fall down early, scrap and come back late just to fall short once again, and Henrik Lundqvist is now two losses away from never having a chance to win the Stanley Cup, ever, because he didn't want to be moved. There are so many talking points about this game, uh, from Lundqvist to our forwards, Kreider, our all-stars, the younger kids, uh, our new additions, our coaching, just everything across the board uh, can be talked about because, you know, I don't want to hear the excuse that it was, it's a playing around. They haven't skated in 140 days or whatever. Everyone's on the same boat. So everything is going to be talked about uh, the same way as if, you know, the playoffs were being played right now, you know, if the season ended regularly. So, I don't want to hear the excuses. I want results. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars. They got to do their job. And you didn't. Quinn didn't do his job. I don't know what he's doing, but he's got to have a pulse. He's got to realize that uh, everyone's watching the game at home. We see who you're putting out there. You're in control, Quinn. You're in control. Manage the ship. This is this is a playing around for the Stanley Cup playoffs. This isn't This isn't a... Uh, you know, a throwaway game up in Rochester or an expedition game against the the Islanders. What are you doing throwing Stahl on the ice every other play? Granted, Stahl, you know, threw the puck on net and it magically went in, which is another theme of the night where the Rangers refused to shoot the puck. I don't know who we think we are, but it's going to be a real quick uh, life in the bubble if, if we show up with the same intensity and the same mindset. There's a lot of things that have to change, so... Uh, Andy, I'll let you get a few words in before we start breaking down everything. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think that it was a wake-up call, like you said, for the Rangers that some of the hero plays they were making throughout the season just is not going to fly. There's no, there's clearly no time and space out there. Carolina did an excellent job of uh, taking time and space away and just playing tight. I mean, I feel like for the first almost half of the game, the Rangers couldn't even... Uh, 
can't get past the uh, you know the center faceoff circle. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where to your to your point, Quinn really does need to take the temperature of the team early and diagnose what's going on because they were obviously a little they were a little too eager out of the gate to they were just too focused on on the playing with pace but with no rhyme or reason of what to do with that pace and Carolina always has a structure and you saw that floating uh triangle just all over the ice and they just every time without qu- without fail as they would easily as the Rangers shrink and collapse into their own zone uh as which is was night and day of what they were doing against the Islanders even though they lost they were good I thought they were much better defensively versus the Islanders there was there was two on ones like all over the ice t- today and it's just because the Rangers they lack structure and Carolina does that that nifty little like I said that floating triangle slingshot where it seemed like they had numbers all the time but they just stick to their structure and the Rangers would try to get aggressive and break through it and they wouldn't hit their targets or they'd make force bad passes they couldn't make simple five foot passes or guys weren't giving moving targets on breakouts and they I feel like they turned over the puck every time they tried to break out of their own end and then they got hemmed in for an additional you know two minutes so uh yeah they 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 need to write write things uh better and I'm sure we'll get into it but their their stars and their their stalwarts have to be a lot better too yeah let's jump into the Probably the biggest story even before the game started was Henrik Lundqvist is now starting and, you know, our phenom, you know, young star Igor Shosturkin is out. Um, It's unrelated to COVID, unfit to play. And Larry Brooks, I guess, reported that it's non-COVID related. So he's in the stands watching as our 40-year-old goalie is going up against, uh, you know, Jesus. I mean, Carolina is a good team. They're just, you know, a pesty team at best. And they, yeah. they're they structured and they play a physical game. And, and Brindamore knows how to play in the playoffs. I'll give them credit. You know, regular season, they looked, you know, a little inconsistent to where I thought maybe the playoffs of last year was a little bit of a fluke. But you know what? It, it's not, man. I mean, he, he knows how to coach in the playoffs. And I'll give him all, all the credit in the world. But Hank... Um, Hank's Hank, man, Li- giving up, you know, that first goal on his first shot. I mean, that's a tough break. It was, I don't, I, yeah, I don't I, blame I mean, him, but yeah, you know, it's the playoffs. You got to make a big save and, um, you know, it's just like classic Rangers. He made a couple okay saves, but you know, you know, you know, the team in front of you is going to be the same old Rangers. So you got to pretty much stop everything. And he didn't. So, you know, he failed, in my opinion. Like it is, it's playoff hockey, as far as I'm concerned. And you gotta make one or two saves and steal the game when you know your your offensive chances are going to be limited, which they were. So um, that's got to be tough mentally for the team. I, I mean, you thought you were going in there with you know uh, uh, you know Shishurkin, who's been you know unbelievable all season, and now you get Hank thrown in net. Granted, you know maybe that wasn't the difference maker, but the same time it's like you got to come up with a big save you can't let the first shot on goal go in it's just it is what it is man i don't know Andy, what were your thoughts about when you heard that news uh yeah i was i was at first because i didn't hear the context so i was like was this the coach's decision then i i saw that igor was unfit so i was like okay well that makes sense i guess uh you know given that hank had 
looked good in camp and looked pretty solid against the Islanders. Um, and yeah, it was just, I guess it was what it was. And to your point, I was obviously nervous. Uh, you know, I, I, I do understand your point that you kind of, you can't let the first one uh, shot and goal. Uh, it was excellent placement, but you know, still you're, you're right. But I honestly, other than that, I thought he was the least of the Rangers worries mm-hmm. tonight. And he, he, he played well enough for them to, to win. He definitely held them in it. They couldn't score. Uh, the, I thought all of our defensemen were absolutely horrible. Actually, that's not true. I thought Ryan Lindegren was very good. Um, I thought Fox was fighting at all game. Yep. He didn't look as poised and confident as he usually does. Uh, you know, he had maybe one or two Adam Fox good plays here or there. I thought D'Angelo looked like absolute dog shit today. I don't know what's going on with him. You know, I don't know if he... You know, he, I mean, uh, he was a game time decision, so yeah, so be you, something you know, there. Yeah, he's probably tweak something because he just didn't look as confident he wasn't as uh you know i think it looked like something was in the back of his mind so that usual his usual decisive breakout plays he would make he was like a little behind the beat and then it would get picked off and he had a lot of uh turnovers today i thought truba uh he wasn't good either he you know he he's a guy that i don't know a lot of his passes up the ice and like when he's trying to clear puck, he's trying to clear pucks through people they just kept getting picked off i don't know how many times on the power play he tried to clear a puck and it would just get bat down because you're he's just not picking the right spot to to throw it he thinks he's going high and and you know gets high sticked down but uh yeah i thought lindegren was great because like i texted you during the game he's a guy that just plays and when the pace is heavy and there the pressure's on he just kind of plays and he doesn't he's decisive and that's what you need and you know awesome uh shot for that through that first goal for the Rangers with the tip from Mika for him. Yeah, no, that was a great, great play. I mean, Mika, I mean, he, with that little tip of a pass back to Lindgren and then driving the net with his stick down or driving, you know, the high, low presence, he's that high presence there and he gets a nice stick on it, deflects it. And that's yeah. what you're going to have to do in the playoffs. That, and yeah, and there's no such thing as a bad shot on goal. And Andy, the entire game was just missed shooting opportunities. Like, well, you know, the, it, I think the big thing is that which they I, I hope it they realize it by the end of the game when they were just really keeping it simple and going to the net at lo and behold, they had more time and space to actually make plays and cycle amazing the how that works. Yes, yeah, amazing how that works. Right. So but and like I said, they're the Rangers, unfortunately. For all their the the light and you know the illuminating qualities they had this year quinn is not much of an x's and an o's guy their system is very much individual based and hero play based at times so they yeah this was a i hope this serves as a wake-up call uh because it's not gonna work panarin and mika you know mika yes he had the tip but other than that and maybe panarin had the, the nice play on the the second goal the stall goal you know as he cycled the puck but i thought both panarin and mika and Chris Kreider, for that matter, were pretty much invisible. Yeah, I listen, the Panarin line got all jumbled. Uh, there's no doubt about it that that line uh, with Faust and Strom and Panarin. Well, yeah, you lose, you lose, you lose Faust, Faust and, and Strom, and you lose Strom to a fight, you know, yep, so early. So, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this is why people that bash Foss are just out of their minds because say what you want about the guy, but he does everything and he does everything the right way. There's a reason why he was one of our better players against the Islanders. He shows up in these games. He's uh, a kid who keeps his game simple 
and it is a huge benefit for us in the lineup. Now, he doesn't make a ton of money. He's worth every single penny that he makes. And, you know, I really hope he's ready for game two because we're desperately going to need him. Because say what you want, uh, you know, Panarin obviously drives that line. But there's a co-pilot, and it's Fost, who knows how to play the game the right way, is always in the right spot, and you need players like that if you're going to win. Uh, yeah. No excuse for the KGB line. Um, I really thought you know they would be able to step up and create a little bit more time and space for themselves, yeah. um, but I they didn't. I, liked, I mean, I they, they did at times. Buchnevich did okay, but like, yeah. listen, you're our top line. You got to yeah, do. You got to yeah. do. You got to do more, and like the offense is going to be driven through you. So figure it out. Like there's no excuse. Like, you know, even if they did, even if they were the most successful line, you're supposed to be, and you're the ones that are going to get blamed when you lose. You'll get all the praise when we win, but you're going to get the blame when we lose. And that's, it's just, that's the way it is. is. Yeah. Um, I mean, to go back to the defense, they all looked a little lost. And you can even see we're just like a step behind. We're not really there. So many times during the regular season, our offense was driven through the defensemen. And they're just not there. They're not jumping up. Tony hasn't jumped up. You know, uh, just like Fox, just didn't, they didn't seem to be the offensive presence that they were during the regular season, which really helped us out a lot. So it's going to be tough for our forwards because I don't think we're good enough. We're just flat out. We're not good. Just, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, and if uh, this team, like you said, you're going to need, your, we're going to need our stars going. Mika and Panarin are going to have to step up. Uh, and obviously, you know, the guys who are the, the co-pilot, like you said, the co-pilots on those lines, your, your Criders and your Buchnevichs and your Fast. I mean, I guess in a, to at least, draw some positive out of this game. Uh, I thought most, a lot of the younger guys were very good. I thought Heedle of Kako may have been our best skater. We'll talk about him first, just yeah. because what this, this kid I was seeing was the Kako we were watching during the world championships, just a beast with the puck shrugging guys off. He looks so much. I seeing him hound pucks. Now he looks so much faster. He looks more confident. He's shooting the puck. He's cycling it with more, you know, and it's, it's great. It's great to see if honestly, even if not, I know, I don't know if our listeners want to know this, but it's like, even if they lose like him looking good after and just looking, taking this much of a step forward so far is like, is huge for me. So I, at least on that end, I'm very happy. Yeah. I mean, he had five shots on goal, which led our team. He just did, he just did everything right. And you said it perfect. Like he's finally having the puck and what he's doing with it. There's a purpose behind it. And you weren't seeing that in the regular season. He he would, you know, make a nice move and then get bumped off the puck. And it was, you know, there wasn't any substance to his game. Now he's driving plays. He's getting shots on goal. He's drawing penalties. I mean, listen, you're gonna have to literally yank him and pull him and hook him if you want to steal the puck from him because he's that strong. He he gets low on low to the ice, uh, and he you know he knows how to protect the puck. And you just saw, I mean. I mean, you were even texting me during the game. Kako draws another penalty. I mean, he's doing everything right, and you lo- love to see that. Love to see that. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, Julian Gauthier as well was very. He was playing. You know, his game is very meat and potatoes anyway. He's big and he just uses his speed. And he drew a number of penalties and was holding out to the puck because you know even fifty fifty battles where he was a little behind, he ends up winning and drawing penalties because he's so strong. Like 
he is fast enough to get there, get to a puck that he's behind and he gets that he's got size. So he gets the initial stick on it. And then, you know, the other guy just tries to feather him down and then he uses that split second to even try to take even more ice. And then, you know, now he's got the leg up on the, you know, he's just, so he was good. And then Quinn must've thought so too, because he put him with Panarin towards the end and it seemed like they were starting to click a little bit more, which is, you know, cause he can, he can make simple plays when he has to, and he can clear a little bit of space for a small undersized Panarin, you know, especially when time and space is limited, you know? So, yeah, I thought those young guys were good, so at least that was good. He, I thought Heedle, maybe not so much offensively, but I thought defensively in terms of coming back was good. You know, he's been doing that for a while. Uh, but, yeah, and that's I guess that's the problem. If you're talking about, oh, our young guys were good, that's going to be, you know, it's it's they shouldn't be the ones leading the way. Like, I, I was almost more prepared to see, be disappointed in those guys, and but the fact that it was the other way around, it almost makes it worse. It's like, those shouldn't be your best players, you know? Right, which makes the loss so disappointing, and and it you know it makes me say, and I know like people are probably sick of me just like harping on Kreider, but like there's a guy Kreider. No, he didn't do anything. Where he was he today? And like, all right, I look at his stat line for he had an assist, which was a fluky assist, and I don't even think it really should have been an assist because uh, Zabanajad touched the puck twice. Technically, uh, he tipped the pass to Lindgren, and then he and then Lindgren shot it and deflected in. Um, but listen, the Kreider, I, I got, I'll, I'll be Sam. I'm going to address all the things that you said. Physicality. The, yeah, the guy throws hits, but he falls after all of them. He, the, the hits aren't tempo hits. They, they don't lead to anything. And he, all right. Leadership. You want to talk about leadership? When has Kreider ever taken over a playoff game and, or, or a game at all? And said, wow, like, thank God we got him. Like, he really took that game over. You could do that for Panarin and Zibanejad all, all day long. I mean, every game this season, they did it for us. Uh, you can even do it with D'Angelo. You can do it with Fox. There, there's so, You can pretty much do it with almost every single player on the roster except for Kreider. Like, maybe it hits him in the butt and he gets a goal. He's a mid-50s player making a buttload of money, and everyone worships this guy, and he does absolutely nothing. He does nothing. He does nothing in the playoffs. He He's a product of Zibanejad. And, you know, we're, now we're stuck with him. And thank God the guy takes pride in his health and his fitness because he's never going to be, I don't think he's ever going to be the slow guy that really, you know, really drags us down. But he, he's never going to be the guy that everyone thinks he is. And it's it's sad, but that's the truth. And then you, people ask, well, who you're going to replace him with? Pretty much anyone. Anyone. You could throw pretty much anyone in that slot. And they, they'd I be- mean, Julian Gauthier one day is exactly clear, you know, he's that, another guy who's also a freak and is fast and uh but yeah it's just i mean if you you would think if you're a crier you see a young guy who looks up to you playing an effective game by just using his his attributes and being pretty simple and even when if it's not like there are times where you have to know you're going into a corner and you're like i'm first man on puck my job is literally to hold this puck until they can complete a line change and get into the offensive zone. And like, instead of trying to do stupid things and turning it over immediately. And now your, your whole team's immediately on his haunches because you turn it over. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's a little, you know, it was definitely, we had, there's a lot of no shows today, which was super infuriating. Um, yeah. So I don't know, I guess, uh, hopefully they, I, as much as I want them to burn this tape, they pro- I would I'd make I'd force them to watch it until Monday, just so they don't do that. They can see for what they what they were doing and you know why. I, I would have them sit down and watch this game three times. Yeah, three times tomorrow. And give them a test. Yeah, after. yeah. What like 
there are points where I was like, where like I even texted you. I said we're we're fucked. Yeah. We're flat out fucked. Like you yeah. and Quinn, who I think has gotten praise this season for, you know, messing with his lines at opportune times and trying to do like talent stacks, that really worked against him this time, especially yeah. when they were down down players. Like he it should have been incumbent on him to because I thought this was a game which probably instead of keep moving things around, like I understand that guys were, it was hard for them, but it was more of a, a the overall flow mentality. I don't think it had anything to do with, oh, I slotted these guys or I switched lines. So then all of a sudden they figured it out. It's up, it's up to you to say, I'm not, you know, I'm not touching shit. Like, yeah, maybe you, you put Kako with uh, Strom and Panarin because Fost is out and then, whatever then you know your bottom six guy you know maybe a, a mckeg who was absolutely awful and i hate him today uh no offense greg i'm sorry but yeah uh, you were awful um yeah it you know i think it really because they lines th- those lines need need chemistry if we're gonna do anything so you can you can put fox and and uh Pan- d'angelo and panera and amica together for for offensive zone faceoffs all you want but if you as a team all night can't keep pucks in the zone and can't make complete simple passes and can't just maintain possession uh and that one I think was the most to me was the most disappointing thing was that the the Rangers just weren't really very good at holding on to the puck like I just don't I really just don't understand it's just they 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 tr- at times where they should have just settled themselves down and said, I'm just going to hold it on the wall and let's force them to at least dig it out. They would just try to force a stupid play and it get turned over immediately. This is what, this is exactly what I'm talking about with. All right. So I want to first address what you said about the lines and how Quinn was kind of stacking them. That only works if your all stars are playing like all stars. So, you can pull guys up from the bottom lines, but if those are the guys that are already driving you, then it's not going to work. Like now you're just exposing lines for uh, three and four because you just took the best players on the ice and you put them with the medium players and, and you're not going to really develop anything because those guys that are playing so well on the lower lines are going to get moved up and play with Panarin. And then they're, they're going to be afraid to do anything. Yeah. They'll, they'll, They'll play well, but they're not going to drive the line like they were doing on the on the you know playing the third and fourth line minutes against the other third <laughs> and fourth lines. So, and and my question to you too about this is like, why do you even dress uh, Di Giuseppe? You have six minutes. He doesn't play on the PK and he doesn't play in the power play. Why why even have him in there? Yeah, he didn't do much of anything tonight. I I, I understand on paper because like he's the hustle kind of try to get in he's like a yes for fast light type player but he wasn't all that effective tonight he was chasing the puck around i don't think he disrupted anything um just because his anticipation isn't all that great he's more of a reactive guy um but i mean he played six minutes like why why not yeah. dress crafts off and i don't know throw him on the power play well, and see what now, he got if if Foss can't come back um considering the game uh Lemieux had and Fost, you know, possibly being out. I do wonder now, and Lemieux is not good and he's one, he's still out the next game. Oh, Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. So I will, it will be interesting to see if he suits up on Monday. Um, I don't know. I, I I would hope so just because I want to see what he's got. It might, I am a little worried 
based on you know, we saw how physical it was today and he's doesn't have much NHL experience to so to go right into this atmosphere I don't know but at the same time it's like whatever they were doing today wasn't working so why not you know who knows just having another guy who can actually as a sorry my allergies are, are horrendous today having another guy who can shoot the puck and can make plays I don't think it could hurt because I think there was a lot of running around without purpose or knowing what to, what the heck to do today so just having someone who can make that one little stutter play and and all of a sudden you you get through they need to get through uh, the layers of Carolina's coverage. So, yeah, I don't think you're going to do that. They tried getting the puck behind him, and it really didn't work because it was done without purpose and it was done without timing things out, which is so important. Like, don't you don't dump a puck if there's no one else there and hope that you guys can get it because or else then it's just you're expending energy and then you have to uh, defend. Like, you expend it when you know that your forwards are hit about to hit the line on the opposite side of the rink with speed, and they can actually get you give them a realistic shot to maintain possession. So, yeah, there was just not a lot of smart playing. There was bad decision making all around. So, but it will be interesting to see if, uh, if Kraftsoff or I guess a Stephen Fogarty gets slotted in or if anyone gets taken out. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, McKegg's roster spot, Howden's roster spot, and DiGiuseppe's roster spot are all up for grabs. And if these guys, you know, don't see that tomorrow and and go balls to the wall in practice, then you know, and trying to fight for that spot and opportunity. And if Quinn isn't honestly thinking to himself, maybe I do need to consider one of these guys for the next game, even just to send a message to the team. I, I would I would sit all three of them. What do you have to lose? Honestly, at this point, what do you have to lose? Like those guys are not going to, if the, if those three players are what makes and breaks this series, then we have to go back to the drawing board because we're nowhere near a Stanley cup. And, you know, we need to, and, and like the reason why I'm in panic mode right now is because it's a best of five series and you already dropped the first game. So again, you know, Carolina, they're one of those teams. You saw what they did last year. They're a capable team. They're structured. They're disciplined. They're tough. I mean, Brendan Moore knows exactly what he's doing, and I give him credit because he basically shut the Rangers down, and I didn't expect it. I honestly expected the Rangers to be able to do more. They did it during the regular season. They were shut down against the Islanders, and if this team is going to struggle for goals, forget about it. It's going to be three and out, and you know, and you can't, you know, obviously we've always made the jokes about, you know, let's get the first overall, let's lose, you know, let's lose for um, Lafreniere. But, I mean, you're here, you might as well go for it. And, man, I, it's just, it's super frustrating to watch this hockey. It really is. And, it, oh, man, I, Andy, it ruined my day. I, I told you this. I go, this is either going to be a good podcast or a bad one. And now I got a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Well, well, don't worry. Apparently, as we record this, Mike Smith is uh, shitting the bed for the the Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, I, I, there's another thing. Let's <laughs> let's bring that well, up. No. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, you know, so you know, what could the only thing that can make this uh, worse is if the Rangers lose, but Edmonton loses, and then Edmonton wins first overall, so they get Lafreniere and McDavid. Because that would why not? Because that would be. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chicago losing though and getting him would also be awful. I'm Corey Francha. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, f- this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? 
The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. So, it's here. here's the thing. Listen, I, I called every everyone worships Edmonton because they have McDavid and Drysidle. But guess what? Their team stinks after that. Absolutely stinks. You have Yamamoto. I, I mean, who, who do you got? You have you don't have goaltending. Your defense are meh. Your bottom three lines are meh. You have two unbelievable guys, and then the rest are meh. Cassian, yeah. You see how that guy? That guy's a joke. Uh, and I called the Blackhawks. I go, this is the easiest series to predict. The Blackhawks are, of course, they're gonna win. Patrick Kane, come on. Uh, I mean, Dylan Strom already scored, so at least one Strom showed up today. Um. So what do you what what do you think of uh uh the Ranger Strom today, Ryan? I I you know he I thought he was actually wasn't bad you know I I like the the fire fighting Justin Williams he fed him a little bit which was surprising I didn't know Strom had that in but you know he was physical and then I he did try to he made some good some good plays he wasn't bad I never didn't see him do anything egregious it's just tough because you lose him for that the rest of that first period him and Panarin can't get chemistry and by then it was just things were kind of already off the rails a little bit but I didn't think he was bad I mean again he didn't do I don't he didn't do much but I did see him do he was better at holding on to the puck than a lot of guys I think the problem is that this was one of those things where even if one guy in a line would looked good everyone looked bad just because if your teammates aren't there and like you know if your game is just to like hold on to the puck and make plays if you're a playmaker and no one else is where wherever the fuck they're supposed to be. You're gonna, it's gonna look like you had a bad game. So I thought that happened to a few people. Uh, you know, I thought Strom, uh, I thought Strom was doing. I noticed he was doing nice little things to hold on to the puck, but you know, because no one was was smart or near around him, like you couldn't, he couldn't make any plays. So, you know, he was fine. I give him props for, like I said, for the fight. But you know, he was nothing in it, in terms of five on five. I don't think he was anything uh, special. Honestly, like I said before, I thought we probably maybe only had you could argue only two guys had two forwards had a, a good game. You know, I'd say Kako and Gautier and then, you know, Heedle to a lesser extent. And, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't want to reward being like, you know, the best guy on a line that was flat out awful sounds like it's not like a good thing. But, you know, some guys were like serve like Booch was serviceable, but then everyone else was absolute garbage. So. You know, I can't really say anyone had a good game except Kako and, and Gautier with that with a straight face, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, listen, it's a quick series. Best of five. What do you what do you do in game two? Like what what's your what's your game plan? You know, I, as much as it sucks, I think it's one of those things where it's like you can't like if you try to adjust to get out of it, it's just you're not understanding why you 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 you're in the spot in the first place. And I don't think it had anything to do with like, oh, the makeups of the lines are not good for this. It's just, you know, uh, the message needs to be sent to they look nervous. If you if I had to if if someone who didn't know anything about hockey and I'm just like, what's going on? I just say they were nervous. They you could tell from the young guys were nervous. But, you know, they had jump still. I thought the Rangers had plenty of jump in the first period. It wasn't it was just they were too they were almost too hopped up on like, Oh my God, we're in the playoffs. Like we're supposed to hit, we're supposed to do this, but they forgot what they're supposed to do is 
is maintain their structure and attack with the puck. Like, you know, you're not going to have your decision making is going to have to be a half beat faster. You're going to have to move your legs a little bit more than you did before, because that's the only way you're going to break through, uh, you know, layers of coverage in the neutral zone. Like, and they just weren't willing to do that. They were willing to run into guys that look vulnerable for a hit, but they weren't like, I, how many plays I saw in New York, like a Ranger run over a guy and, but then the puck squirts out by the guy that was carrying it. And then two, two hurricanes immediately jump on it. One guy jumps on it. Another guy partners up with them. And now it's like a two going to the zone with speed. Cause they were, they weren't concerned with getting to the puck or separating yeah. the man from the puck. They just wanted to, to, to lay hits cause it's supposed to be playoff hockey. And I think, I'm seeing quotes are coming out from the presser and Quinn makes a quip is like, you know, play out like playing like, you know, uh, playing physical isn't about like laying hits. It's about like not being afraid. Tough is like not being afraid to go to the net. And yeah, like they, they only had success tonight when they started going to the net and I didn't see them linking up at all to give each other options. They just weren't smart. It was just everything was a tried to be like a desperation one one on one hero play and it just didn't work out for them. So they just need to don't change anything. Just tell them like you you have teammates, use them, hit your passes, move together, move your feet and don't like make sure your partner doesn't have to think cuz that's another thing I saw. They couldn't break out the puck. I saw drop passes to no one. I saw like revert looking for around for options and then getting panicked because they didn't see anyone. And then they had a bear forward bearing down on them. Then they tried like a reverse that was almost like a 50 50 reverse. And then, of course, a Carolina player would jump on it first because they're just more on their toes and they were more alert. So make it real goddamn simple for your your line mate to see you or your D partner. Don't make it one of these things. Use, you know, use your voice. Let them know that you're there, you know, if you reverse or whatever you have to do, don't stand, you know, clear on the other side of the, of the boards, you know, of, of the ice and try, try to, for them to hit you, you know, through a giant seam between, you know, from blue line to blue line. It's just stupid. Just move your feet, move together and just play with pace and speed. And, and they finally did that because they were down a goal towards the end. And yes, it was, there was a little bit of defending on Carolina's part because that's what you're doing. But at the same time, it's like, that's the, when the, the, the few flashes where they, the Rangers looked like they were stringing things together and they looked good. It was because they were doing that, but even they do that and it would go good. And then they would just immediately revert to trying to do more hero play stuff. And it was just infuriating. Yeah. I, I see. I think, I think there's a couple things you could do logistically uh, to switch up the lines a little bit. I'm taking Kreider off. You know, if this guy's such a leader and such a big physical presence, move him down to the third line, uh, have uh Gauthier, uh, play in his spot he deserves it uh let Kreider be that leader that everyone worships him and you guys can watch him drive the third line have three lines that uh are 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 try to be physical that fourth line is just there to chew up some minutes after you know uh you know after maybe a tough shift uh from their first line maybe go have their fourth line go out there and get a quick shift against their second line or something like that um, Stahl plays under 10 minutes and he only plays five on five. That's something that's easy. That's you can't have him out there for the penalty penalty kill. He's lost. He has absolutely no idea what he's doing on the penalty kill. Absolutely none. And it's a, it's a liability and it cost us two goals. It cost us two power play goals. I mean, one, he literally kicked in and the other yeah. one, uh, you know, he loses his, um, you know, the body positioning against the, I forget what Carolina forward it was, 
but loses their positioning. They beat them to the net, and they have a, an easy like tap in goal, deflection goal. And it, listen, it, these are little things that Quinn can do. Unless you're trying to lose, Quinn. If you're trying to lose, then play stall, let him finish out his contract, and, and let him play 25 minutes a game. If that's what you want to do. If you're trying to win the game, there's no reason stalls out there for a, a penalty kill. No. You're turning a 5-on-4 into a 5-on-3? The, the fact that they're, even when they were trying to kill penalties, like if if the Rangers won a face-off, which was rare for them uh, tonight, or I guess this afternoon you could say, that stall would literally, literally so slow he would lose like the the race back to the puck that like went behind him. Yeah, it's just yeah, he's just slow. He's, he doesn't have it. He's, he's not mobile. Like, there's no, there's no. He can't turn, twist, any. He can't do anything. He literally cannot do anything. It's got to be five on five. Let him take you know twenty second shifts and get him the hell out there. Look at the age of the. I mean, our defensemen are so young. They can play all game. And I'm not saying that they played great, but I'd rather take Fox, who was even today, who, you know, just didn't have it, but still wasn't really a huge liability. I'd rather him play 25, close to 30 minutes if he has to. You cannot have Stahl out there. And you're down by two. Why is Stahl even on the ice? I know he scored, but come on, Quinn. Again, are you trying to lose? If you're trying to lose, you're making the right decisions, and I applaud you. You're doing a great job. If you're trying to win these games and trying to win this series, you're delusional. And I've had your back all season because, you know, I said he's got a handicapped roster. You know, you can't expect anything great from this team, but he had them overachieve, and I applaud that. But guess what? This is the playoffs. You're playing against a good Carolina Hurricanes team that, you know, is is proving – so far, only one game is a sample size, but they're proving that last year wasn't a fluke, that this team could be a, a, a few key players away from making a run to the Stanley Cup. Because right now, you know, after that game, they, they manhandled us. They did. And I, they didn't play an exactly a clean game themselves, but for the most part, they played good. They, they, I, no, I, never I, mean, felt, I never felt like Carolina... If you're a Carolina fan, there's no way you're watching that game and you're like, oh my God, man, some of these lapses are bad. We need to take care of it. The Rangers never had any substance in the offensive zone. So uh, if you're a Carolina fan, you gotta, you, you can, you know, pretty much write your ticket to uh, playing the, playing you know, the, the, the rest of the playoffs, round. Yeah. yeah, to making the playoffs. Man, that Sebastian Ajo is really good, huh? He's great. Oh my he God. Is, I'll give him all the credit, you know, and that's just to show that you don't have to be, even if you're a smaller guy or a skinnier guy, like, if you are smart and move your feet with purpose, like he was whole, and that's the thing, he was using his speed to get in, but then he would, you know, protect the puck until there was options available for him. Whereas, you know, I watched the Rangers kind of like, like we said, they were purpose, they were purposeless with the puck. You know, even some of these guys that all season were good at, the only guys that were good at holding on to pucks were with Kako. You know, he was rolling, doing his little rollouts and all that stuff that we, we, the whole reason we drafted him and it was awesome to see. But when you only have one guy doing that and then not guys not reading on that and saying, like, I'm going to smartly put myself here. And that's the other thing is that they, a lot of time and space on like is positioning. Like, if I just put myself close to the net, I'm now a threat and people, you know, a guy, I, it's less likely someone's going to pull themselves to bum rush you. But if they know that there's no threats, or shooting threats anywhere on the ice, and what they're all just going to congregate on you, and you're going to get stripped, and that's what happened because like no one was supporting each other with their positioning. Uh, 
yeah, they weren't giving each other easy outs. It was just, yeah, it was purpose. It was purposelessness all over the ice. And, uh, you know, Carolina was, there was like a masterclass in it. You know, they, like I said, they had that floating triangle all up and down the ice. They had options. They would expand and contract, especially around the net. You'd always have two guys on one guy behind the net, then two guys on either post. And then they would just literally hem the Rangers into like a, a little cell and just, you know, and just blast away. And, well, of course they get two tips, you know, and that's the thing. They don't even have to be perfect shots. It's just if you keep doing it enough, you're going to get a goal. And the Rangers need to do that. They need to be more shots from the back end. Uh, they're always so content about trying to make a lateral play to get it through, but just let it go low. Let it make Mrazek make a save. Let make them force him to cough up a rebound. And they just didn't do that. It's a shame, you know, because now they, they're running out of chances to, to write this thing. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're again one game less to 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 write the ship, and uh, you know, listen, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. Are they playing the Boston Bruins or you know, to the Tampa Bay Lightning? No, they're not. So you know, you can come back on this team. Um, you have a great record against them. They can do it, but it's going to take a lot because the Carolina Hurricanes of the regular season is not the Carolina Hurricanes that you see in the playoffs. Brindamore knows exactly what he's doing. Man, I, like I said, Aho is he's so gifted. And you know yep. what? His transition game, I give him so much credit. Every single time he gets the puck, it's instant offense. He's it's it's always a threat. He's always seems to have the puck on his stick and now it's like a threat. I don't know get how some of these players and and you saw Panarin do it all season. They just seem to have the puck on their stick and create so much space and time for themselves. And it just seems like yeah, he did that all day today. And I, I don't know, what, you know, maybe because I'm looking for it and I know he's one of their best players, but my God. Yeah. Tro- then- Trocek was obviously a good addition for them because uh, he Perfect also addition. was a guy who was, you know, he was he was giving them energy all night. And, you know, Justin Williams, too. He's old and he's slow, but he's everywhere just because he he just knows what to do and where to go. And that's that's the, the biggest thing is that I don't care how slow you are like or how unskilled you are. He's not the most skilled guy, but he's just he's a he has a reputation as a winner. And it's honestly, it's more. Yes, he himself is clutch, but it's also because he puts his like he does everything possible to. He has like this unhealthy drive to like, I am going to like do everything in my power to like make sure we take this game over. And whether that's him just like literally standing in front of the goaltender, refusing to move or banging a stick on the ice or like you know, just helping out on face-offs. It's just, it's a, it's habits and it's little things. And the Rangers just don't have, you know, they don't have that yet. So, uh, no, and, you, and know, you saw, I, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to, just going to say, it's like, you know, I, I, it's on the one hand, it is obviously hard for, I'm not going to be hard on the Rangers, especially a young team for like all the little thing, you know, being a little bit younger and maybe, okay, there are some things that like some little habits, like they're not used to, but at the same time, there's plenty of guys who have been here before. So, and there's no, and they're they're the ones that should have been setting the table for the younger guys. And that's the fact that they didn't they failed to step up as a joke. And you know, so yeah, they 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 got no uh, no sympathy from me for this one. But you know, I, I hope at the very least it, it ends up being a good learning experience for them going forward. Listen, it's game one of the of best of five series, so there's time, like I said, to fi- right the ship, and you don't have to worry about home ice advantage every game. Is a neutral, you know, it's a neutral atmosphere. You don't have to worry about, you know, uh, even though the, the Rangers home ice advantage in the playoffs it actually hurts them. They're awful at home. Uh, 
and uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things. And I knew we were in trouble. I texted you right off the bat. I said, Andy, why does Carolina only have four guys lined up for the national anthem? Now, Justin Williams <laughs> was over to the side, talking to the devil, selling his soul for another unbelievable playoff run. You know, he was yeah. doing it. And, yeah. you know, I just, I, once that happened, I was like, you know, the lump in my throat developed and I, I knew we, we could be in trouble. But, um, yeah. Moving forward, uh, we play a back-to-back Monday-Tuesday game uh, for games two and three. I think that's big for the Rangers. It's big for two reasons. Number one, if you come out and you steal game two, huge, huge. You can take that momentum and maybe steal game three, and guess what? You're back in control of the series. So... Game two is the series. This is it. If you lose this game, it's done. We're we're toast. But you know what? If you win this game, we win game two, we're in the driver's seat because it's a quick turnaround the next day. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different feel of the series. You know, you're feeling good about yourself. It's a quick turnaround. Maybe they're still dwelling on that loss. And, you know, and you, in game three, you score that first goal. Man, oh, man. You know, you put the doubts in in their minds, and and you know, you just go to work, and you know, there, it's it's nothing but hockey for these guys right now, living in the bubble. So there's no excuse not to be mentally prepared for for game two on Monday, and it's another noon game. So. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, this episode drops Monday morning. So it the game is probably either either the game is over and you know what happens, or you're listening to it right before the game. But um, yeah, did you you're that's. It, Game, it is the series basically. And honestly, whether or not the Rangers won or lost today, uh, when as of this recording, I, I think it would make, you know, game two was always going to be the series just because it's kind of like, is it that continuation of dominance where they give up, you know, to, to Carolina? Or it's like, do they, like you said, do they have, do they at least gain enough confidence in that they, they tied it up to know that they can hang with them? So, uh, but yeah, I honestly, it's like, you know, you don't have Lemieux back. And he's a guy that was really, he was good against Carolina this year. He was really good at getting under their skin and just forechecking and playing with swagger and confidence. Uh, I will, I do worry because he's a, you know, it seems that the refs are are not swallowing their whistles and Lemieux has been known to take a True. few stupid penalties. But I think if, if his heart is in the right place or if his head's in the right place, that he can be a breath of fresh air for this team. Yeah, you know, so. and and you don't know what the Rangers will be, what situation they're in. If they're in a O two spot, who cares? Just I would tell him to go out there, play your style, be an agitator. If they call everything, they call everything. We have nothing to lose. Like it's too late. The boys didn't get it done with you. Uh, I mean, without you. So you know, you owe them nothing. Go out there, play your game, be a pest. Um, you know, if if Rangers do steal, steal game two then it's a different it's a different element but again you just got to be be physical and it's just not about how many hits you have in the hit column like you like you said with the the quote from Quinn you know it's about driving the net it's about pushing players out of out of the way in front of the net in the defensive zone it's about winning one-on-one battles on the boards it's about outnumbering the puck and putting yourself in a position to be a threat when you do gather the puck along the boards. I don't know how many times, especially on the power play, that we lose the battles and we're still outnumbering the puck because we end up with the puck on our stick in a position really to not make a play. 
And it's it's so frustrating to watch, especially the power play, to watch these guys constantly lose these battles because of poor positioning, because of a, a lack of effort. You know, it, listen, the the power play clearly wasn't working after we went 0-3, 0-4, 0-5. The last two power plays really should have been, um, you know, just the guys that are going to be gritty and win the low pucks, win the battles along the boards. It didn't need to be pretty. We didn't need a, a one-time blast from, you know, uh, Panarin or Mika. We just needed a momentum shift, and we just never had it. We never had it with any of the power plays. Listen, a good power play is going to win around 28%. An average power play is probably around what, 23%. And then a shit power play is usually probably around like 18%, you know, 17%. You're not going to always score on them, obviously. But they got to be momentum builders because that's truly what a good power play is about. And the Rangers didn't gain any momentum from any power play because they never ever really had any substance with their offensive game. They're exactly. one shot pony, one trick pony. Yeah, is that the phrase? Yeah, one trick pony. One trick pony, one shot pony for this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, so obviously, as people are listening to this right now, you'll probably they probably know what the fate of the Rangers for Game Two was. Uh, man, sorry, I am. I don't know if it's the the emotions of the game, but like I said, my my allergies are killing me right now. But um. Yeah, I, I, I do wonder, because obviously by after you listen to this one, the next one will be the following Monday, and there's a pretty good chance the Rangers could all, already be eliminated. So whatever happens then, we'll either be tra- talking about their shot at Alexi Lafreniere and what they learned during their short playoff stint. But if they're still alive, or and lo and behold, if even somehow they are uh, advancing, it will be interesting to see what experimentation gets done. Does Kravtsov eventually get into the lineup? I would like to see him once, you know, especially yeah, if it's one of those things where you're down and it's like you just need something different. There's no to really bring why him in there to, just to make him watch them, the vets like shit the bed, like you know. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm not even. I don't even want to be a hypocrite. Even Stephen Fogarty, like, oh, absolutely, like, yeah. Take take, take McCag out and put Fogarty in there and see what happens, just because. I haven't seen any. I don't think Greg McKegg has done anything. He, you know, all, I was excited when he came to the Rangers just because he was good for Carolina last year. But as you could see, that's a system that really insulates uh, boneheadedness because there's always support around. Mm-hmm. So in a, a, situ- like, a situation like the Rangers are in, then that you really have to be sharp and detailed because so many guys are like kind of go go on their own little walkabouts. That yeah, he hasn't shown me anything to believe that he should be playing at all. So. Why not try him? Why not try Kravtsov? Why not try Stephen Fogarty? You know, it's hell. Put Darren Radish in over Mark Stahl. Like, yeah. And and listen, I, I, realistically, is Quinn going to bench Stahl? No. But no, are we no. a different team without Stahl in the, in the lineup? I think we are. I really do. I really think we are. For the amount of minutes that Stahl plays and how we they give him, you know, special teams time uh, on the, you know, well, on the, uh, uh, penalty kill you know i know he scored a goal late but i mean that's an <laughs> awful awful call on quinn to put him out there maybe yeah. the least offensive player in the, in the entire team maybe in the league i, I mean, mean the numbers the numbers bear out that he is the probably the worst replacement uh, below replacement player uh, level player in the league so and you have him out there down too in, in the playoff i 
I, I really hope someone asked that question. I, I had to run to the post office right after the game. So I didn't, and honestly, I was just sick to my stomach. So I didn't really want to watch the, uh, the pressers or anything. Yeah. I don't even know how they're really setting them up. Uh, is it just kind of like the Islander game? Uh, yeah, they've already done it. I'm seeing now, you know, Quinn had mentioned that he did, he thought they were, like you said, they were slow to start, weren't moving their feet and that they were more content to hit than to actually like go to the net or make direct plays and that, you know, that and the, and then failing to convert on uh, special teams, obviously, you know, I, it's one of those things. I think Quinn knows what was going on, but again, because he is not an X's and O's guy, like sometimes he, I do feel like, I don't know. I just feel like this Rangers team is that they're either from the go, they're good, or I don't see too many good in-game adjustments from Quinn. Sometimes it's it's moving a guy around, but it's never like they're doing something and then all of a sudden halfway through it's like, let's try breaking in this way or instead of dumping the puck, let's wait or do this. And I don't know. Listen, and I I know it's we don't. That's a lot of unsung parts of being an NHL coach that we're not going to know exactly. You know how much influence you're having at times, but. I just don't think he was very good either. So, but uh, they are all—they all have to be better. Um, you know, I—it's really honestly the Mika and Panarin and Kreider and Buchnevich need to be better. Yeah, uh, I—I th- I think Spox will be better. I think he'll get his rhythm back a little bit. Uh, like I said, I was happy with Lindegren, so that—that that means that pair should be fine. I hope Tony's injury isn't really nagging him that much because he just didn't look like himself. And he's a guy that is usually feisty no matter what. And he wasn't even that. So, no. which then, you know, something's wrong, that there's something else on his mind. Right. So, but, yeah. Uh, and, and that kid's game is based off of his attitude. You know, if he's feeling good, he, you know, he'll, he really can take over a game. But, uh, you know, you, you've seen the games where he gets frustrated, you know, especially, yeah. you know, uh, last year. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, his attitude is what dictates his own play. And if, if there's something in the back of his head, you know, a, a nagging injury and he's fighting it all game, you know, it's, it's, it comes back down to reality. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, all right. It is what it is. I mean, I, I, I'm glad we talked this out right after the game. Cause I do feel a little bit better. Uh, you know, obviously it's, I'm a little still, I'm always going to be sour until next game, but, uh, it's good to be sour about something, though. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, we have a shot at the first overall pick. I mean, that's almost like a dream. Like, that, that, that could yeah, be a Yeah, it's a consolation prize. But I, I will say to your point earlier, James, that you're here. You might as well. Right. It's weird because even, even as they were going into the bubble, I was like, well, if they, you know, if they lose, at least they get a shot at first overall. And now that they're here and I'm seeing it and I'm like, no, like, honestly... Alexei, like maybe we'll revisit this if they if they get bounced but like i i want i want to see them i would be more seeing them claw out of this this deficit right now and come back to win would make me feel a hell of a lot better that, about this team than me going into having a shot at first overall because i would at least know that there is a makeup here and that they can make adjustments and that when this is this is what it's all about and this is the one thing you know they've they've exceeded our expectations all year but this is the one thing that they they're not really have never been exposed to you know a lot of these young guys uh you know so oh and I, you know what i didn't mention who was horrible today brett howden took bad penalties oh, oh my stupid. god he's a he is he is the one guy that i'm like i just don't i hope he 
I hope they try to trade him for Yessi Puya RV just because I don't I don't see it. Just like he doesn't have between the years. I don't care how big and fast you can skate. Uh, every now and then you can do something. It's just it's just rocks. Yeah, just rocks. No offense. I'm not trying to to really rail on a a young guy, but unless he he's got a lot of figuring things out to do because like you know I've been told that he's best when he's just playing and doesn't have to think. Well, he had plenty of time to. He made so many bad decisions today. He took so many dumb penalties. He took two penalties today. It's just it, yeah. holding the stick. And then he took a dumb retali- retaliation penalty. Like, you know, you're especially if you're killing penalties, it's like, or just you're just not, it was really fell on him to try to be the disruptor today because they needed, they need more guys doing that and he didn't do it. So that's usually what he does. So uh, yeah, I don't know. But to, like you said, onward and upward, let's hope they can uh, pull pull this next one out and get themselves back in the series and if not maybe we'll be uh our next podcast we'll be talking about uh what went wrong and maybe landing alexi lafreniere but until then i choose to remain positive i'm gonna now that we've talked about it, i'm gonna try to let this roll like water off a duck's back and hopefully see if they can uh yeah they can get over this and come out with their best foot forward for uh the next few games so uh by the time you're listening to this on our next podcast they'll the rangers will be Actually, what is the schedule? Are they scheduled to, if they go all, if they go the distance, what is that last game? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it'd be Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday off. I think next Saturday would be their last game. All right. So like we said, it's basically, this is it. This is our one pep talk. So either the Rangers are going to do it or they're not going to do it. But, uh, I'm, I'm pulling for them. I, let's hope they can, uh, they can write the ship because if they can, I think uh, it'll say, say a hell of a lot about them as a group and really prove that every, you know, all the overachieving this year was, it wasn't just uh, simply that, you know, that there, there's enough, there's enough brewing to, to warrant their success this year. So uh, here's hoping, uh, I guess, Godspeed and good luck. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.